Welcome to Socially Distant, Spiritually Close, a podcast dedicated to exploring the biggest spiritual questions of this complex and challenging moment. I'm your host, Rabbi Michael Knopf. We're going to turn our attention to the Torah portion for this Shabbat, which is uh, Parshat Vayetze, as I mentioned before. Uh, and uh, we'll have an opportunity to, uh, to talk about it, to study it, to reflect on it uh, for just a little bit. Uh, the portion begins formally uh, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, although the triennial reading uh, for uh, this year, we're in cycle two, so uh, our portion begins a little bit later, but we're going to focus uh, on the opening of the portion, which is uh, both famous uh, and famously inscrutable. Um, so we're going to spend some time uh, digging deep and, and reflecting on this passage. Uh, first, a blessing for studying Torah. Baruch asok Torah. And uh, I'll uh, just read a little bit of the opening verses. Jacob fled from Be'er Sheva and went toward Haran. And he uh, happened upon a place or the place. Uh, and he resided there, or he laid there. Because the sun was setting. And he took from the stones of the place, and he placed them under his head, and he laid down in that place. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a staircase or a ladder that was rooted in the ground, and its top reached toward the heavens. And behold, there were angels of God ascending and descending it. And behold, the infinite was standing upon it, or standing upon him. And he said, I am the infinite, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The land upon which you lay, I am giving it to you and to your descendants. And your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all of the families of the earth will bless themselves uh, by you and by your descendants. And behold, I am with you, and I will guard you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, because I will not abandon you. Uh, uh, until I have done what I have said to you. And Jacob uh, was startled from his sleep, and he said, Behold, 
There is the infinite in this place. And I did not know. And he was fearful and he said, how terrible or how terrifying or how awesome is this place. This is, uh, this is none other than the house of God and this is the gate to heaven. And Jacob uh, arose in the morning and he took the stone that he had placed under his head. And he made it into a monument. And he poured oil on it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. And it used to be Luz. What it was originally called. So there's a lot in there, and the text, of course, continues with a vow that uh, Jacob makes. Uh, some might uh, argue a, a somewhat uh, self-serving vow, um, a somewhat audacious vow that Jacob makes following that encounter. But we're going to unpack all of it, and I have a very special guest with us this Shabbat to help us make sense of this whole passage. We're joined by uh, my dear friend, many of our dear friends, Josh Jeffries, uh, who is uh, the director of uh, Jewish Student Life at University of Richmond. Hey, Josh. Hello, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom. Nice to have you with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, thanks. First, uh, before we dive into it, how are you? How's your family? Well, uh, we're, we're doing all right. The family is on a bit of a, of a Shabbos walk because we didn't know how the one-year-old would do on the microphone, but otherwise we're doing really well. How about you yourself? Know, doing okay. I know how that goes. And, uh, and if uh, you know, they happen to wander in, all the better. Um, but uh, this passage uh, that, we're, that we're thinking about this Shabbat, you know, there's, there's, there's so much in it and it's um, so rich. You know, uh, first, it's about... Um, Jacob leaving home for the first time, running away from home, uh, fleeing home, I guess I guess you could say, uh, and about the sort of insights and discoveries that he makes along the way. Um, it's about uh, a, an encounter with God in an unexpected place, or at least unexpected to Jacob. And you know what what we can learn from those unexpected encounters and how we might be able to um, notice those unexpected encounters ourselves. There's a whole business with uh, um, him taking rocks to begin with, but then uh, later on in the story, we are only told about one rock that he moves and sets up as a monument. Uh, we're, we're told about this uh, staircase or ladder with angels ascending and descending and God standing on it or on him or whatever. We, we don't know entirely what it means. So there's a lot of threads there. Uh, and I thought, of course, since this is a story really about an adolescent in some ways leaving home uh, and, uh, and engaging on a journey of self-discovery, it was the perfect opportunity uh, to bring in someone who works in uh, uh, campus life, works with college students, uh, where that is really the, uh, the order of the day. So I'm wondering, as we look at this Torah portion, how are you thinking about it this year and, and how are you making sense of it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as you said, there's just so much going on in even just this section of the Parsha. Um, I think the idea of finding the divine in unknown places, and perhaps even as we find ourselves now in the midst of a pandemic and on campus, a very different learning experience in unknown times is really powerful, right? This idea that um, like by being shaken or moving, moved from where we were by leaving our house, um, as 
Avraham did before and, and Yitzhak before him, right? Like this idea of having to leave where we are comfortable um, and finding the divine or something greater than ourselves in those uncertain moments is, is really powerful. And it provides me a sense of, uh, I don't know, may, maybe heightened purpose during this, uh, this season. Um, so I think that's really important. And as you said, the, the stones becoming a stone is something that really stands out to me. Um, this idea that through, through a dream, right, or through being, becoming aware of that, that presence, um, we can transform um, a multitude of things, in this case stones, into a stronger um, and perhaps larger foundation stone um, that can serve as a house of the holy, right? And so I think that that's really powerful as we have a lot of adolescents coming, as, as I think of it, to the University of Richmond or to Jewish life, right? This sense that we are actually made stronger through all of the different um, stones. I don't know if they'll appreciate the stone analogy, but through all of these different individuals walking in the door um, and by allowing them to share about themselves and their dreams, we're actually able to form something that's, that's greater than any individual. Um, and that's actually quite holy. I mean, that's, that's a really interesting way of, of taking that metaphor uh, of, of the stones, because it also means, I mean, you have, uh, <laughs> um, with the exception of, you know, the, the students like Van Wilder, who, you know, just want to stay in college for, for seven, eight years, um, you have, a, you, you, you know, si students cycle in and out. So um, how do you continue, like, making that, uh, that, that sort of unified structure um, out of, you know, a multitude of stones that change every four years? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think that there's two pieces within this Parsha, right, that actually are helpful here. Um, the first, as you said, uh, the, the angels ascend and then descend, right? There's some sort of bottom-up approach to this dream. Um, there's also top-down. I know that there's a lot of comment. There's so much commentary on this portion, but I think that there's something in a college sense to the idea that we should be led upwards, right? That, that, that it's bottom-up and that we should allow... Um, each collective, right, like each semester, each year, each group of students to really um, lead that charge and define what their um, experience will look like, what Jewish life looks like at the time. Um, I, I'm reminded it's not directly a commentary on this, on this Parsha, but um, there's a commentary that Buber relates from the Baal Shem Tov, um, uh, the founder of Hasidism, right, on uh, why at the beginning of the Amidah, we say, you know, God of Avraham, God of Yitzhak, God of Yaakov, and not just God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and he says, this is to teach us that while um, Yitzhak and then Yaakov were surely descendants, right, they were certainly carrying on the faith of, of Avraham, that this sort of divine experience is different in each generation, that each of them by being their own authentic self, actually were better able to carry on this relationship with the holy. And I think that there's something to allowing, um, allowing, enabling, empowering each group of students who walk in the door to choose what Jewish life, um, or in a larger sense, religious life looks like for them on campus in that time. There's, there's a couple of thoughts that I have about that. You know, the first is um, that we, you know, we have in a way that formula in the passage that I just read, right? God says, I'm the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, which is strange because Abraham is not Jacob's father, Isaac is. Um, and so, you know, so, so why would God introduce, you know, uh, introduce God's self that way? And I think one of the, one of the reasons that we can um, suggest is that 
Isaac never left um, the land of Canaan. He never left Eretz Israel, uh, what would become Eretz Israel. Um, but Abraham is the guy who, um, who, who journeyed from home to the land of Israel, to Egypt, to all these different places, um, and, and had to, what was revolutionary about Abraham in, in ancient times is that, and one of the um, uh, sort of like sociological historical approaches to this text too, is that, um, is that Jacob may very well have assumed, like most people did in ancient times, that, that your God was attached to a particular place. And so what Jacob needed was the reassurance that if he was leaving his father's house, that his father's God would stay with him. And so God uh, uh, calls himself specifically by Abraham to remind Jacob of something that Abraham had already discovered, that mm -hmm. God was God, whether he was in Haran or whether he was in the land of Israel or whether he was in Egypt, that, that our God is the God of the whole world and not of a particular place. So that's, that's one thing. And that's also, I think, you know, as I think about the, you know, the experience of, uh, of, of going off to college uh, or, or of, you know, we're, we're in a more, I mean, not right this moment, but in general, our society has become more transient. People aren't as attached to place as, as they once were. And in some ways that's really freeing and, and in other ways that's really challenging. Uh, but one thing that, that it does is it um, tends to, uh, that, that transients can tend to uh, inform your values in ways that are positive and in ways that are negative. And what, and what I think God is saying here is that, um, is that you can be transient, you can leave a particular place, um, but you need to know that you need to stay true to who you are, no matter where it is you go. Um, so that's one. And then there's also, I think, a somewhat alternative uh, take. Maybe it's, or maybe it's complementary, depending on how you look at it. But I think it's also, you know, something that rings true to me about what I remember my college experience being like. So the since you busted out a Hasidic master, I will too. Uh, the uh, you, uh, I, I'll see you a, a Baal Shem Tov and raise you a Degel Machane Ephraim. Uh, and uh, the Degel Machane Ephraim talks about this passage in a really beautiful way. He says that uh, the angels are ascending and descending, um, that they're kind of like cycling through. They, he says they're Ratzov Shov, they're always moving. Uh, and uh, and that that's the uh, disposition that a righteous person should have in their life, that a human should have in their life. That's a, that was a lesson for Jacob: is that not necessarily you should always be moving to new homes, but that you should be always sort of on a spiritual path. You shouldn't stand still in one place for too long. Don't get too comfortable. Um, you know, be as uh, the workout guru uh, Jillian Michaels says uh, uh, in in one of her. Um, yoga instructions, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. So that that you need that discomfort uh, in order to grow. You need to be constantly moving. But he, the Degelmachan Ephraim also says that, um, that he focuses on the angels that were your deem, that were going down. He says that the whole thing was a, was a cycle, was sort of like a revolving escalator, you know? And, uh, and the ones that were going down, they were going down in order to go back up. And so he says that like, we should not be afraid to try and fail and note that on the path that we're going to be walking in life, the journey that we're going to be having in life, where we're always moving, sometimes we're going to move, be moving down, right? Sometimes we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have failures. We're going to go off the derech, as they say in the biz, right? Uh, but, 
we should always have the mindset that the Yerida is Litzorach Aliyah, that, go, that, the, that the descent is always for the sake of ascent, that we learn from those experiences, those failures, those trials in order to grow beyond them. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm thinking, you know, not to give uh, Isaac short thrift here, right? But that there's something to- Poor uh, Isaac. Sorry? Poor Isaac. Yeah, I mean, really, I, I, I'm gonna like leave that there and, and can continue that down that thread anyway, which is, you know, there's something to like Avraham leaving and being Ha'ivri, right? The one who crosses over like that, that there's something transformative again in that, in that change. Um, and to Jacob being, you know, Yisrael, the one who, who wrestles with the divine. Um, and I think that there's something really important about that process, as you're saying, the constantly moving, um, the idea of like going like leaving Egypt in each and every moment and, and that each of us are dealing with, you know, experiencing Egypt in our own way, a place of narrowness. Um, and the very important role, in, in my opinion, and, and yes, I'm paid by the university sometimes to say this, that college can play in that process, right? It's a space where you engage with all these different ideas. Some maybe that make you um, as you said, uncomfortable, right? They're, they're new, they, they at times can be a little scary. Um, and I think that that's really Im important actually, right? There's, there's a, a level of, you know, if, if there's a scale of one to 10 comfort to discomfort, maybe we shouldn't be at nine or 10 the whole time. Um, but like by venturing into the five to seven range, right? Where we can challenge ourselves, where we can grow in our faith. Um, I, I will not bring in another Hasidic person because to go back and forth, but I'm thinking of the teaching, right? Um, about, you know, why do we place these words upon our heart, right? Like Oliva Vecha um, and the Via Hafta, as opposed to in our heart. Um, and the answer is obviously, well, we want them to, to these words to seep into our hearts and our being, and we want to live them out. Um, but that's not always possible, right? And so there's something about not just challenging ourselves, but experiencing brokenheartedness and like real heartache and, and challenge, um, uh, that I think you experience in college, whether in a, in a really negative way or just in the going forth, right? Being away from family and loved ones and, and, in, a, and in a literal new place, not the, the metaphorical one that you're talking about. And so I think all this is really significant and, and something that Jacob is maybe teaching us in this moment. You know, I'm glad that you raised that because I, I know it's something that a lot of folks uh, think about and, and worry about a lot. Um, is the experience of Jewish students on campus nowadays, and, and you know, it's it's it feels to me like uh, um, like like there's a tension. On the one hand, you hear reports that there's a sort of you know illiberal attitude on campus, especially toward Jewish students, and especially toward Jewish students who um, express support for the state of Israel. That like the one. Uh, point of view that is not kosher to have um, on many college campuses nowadays is uh, to be a Zionist and to support the state of Israel. Um, and, and, and on the other hand, um, you know, it, like I wonder how much of that is, um, is uh, Jewish students not being uh, equipped to, to have like, a, a, you know, to, to first of all, to hear points of view that may not necessarily be inherently anti-Semitic, but may make them really uncomfortable. That may challenge their uh, their their perspective, what they know or what they have learned about Israel um, or about or about other things. And and so, how much of it is you know is is like you know 
real anti-Semitism that marginalizes Jewish students and how much of it is, um, is being confronted in a new way with uh, perspective and points of view um, that, that are really challenging that college is the space to grapple with. Yeah, I mean, it's, right now that feels like the million dollar question, right? Um, and I, I, you know, I get this all the time from prospective students, particularly from parents, right? Parents who are really concerned because they're sending away, you know, their, their beloved children to college um, and they want to make sure that they're safe. And I think that there's a little bit of both, right? I think that there is certainly um, anti-Semitism on college campuses. Um, it's, it's an unfortunate fact. And I think that there's, you know, when we take um, a defensive posture at times, right? When we're looking for anti-Semitism, we sometimes can confirm our own biases, right? Like that there's a risk of that. And so I think that in each and every situation, um, not to minimize the anti-Semitism or the, the dangerous views that can be on college campuses, um, but it's important to listen, right? Like it, not for nothing that, we, that we're told Shema Israel, right? Like uh, pay attention, right? Like see others, listen to others. And I think um, again, coming back to the, the piece of the portion that you read, right? That it's not just for us to um, experience this, but you know, Jacob's family will be a blessing to others, right? There's, there's something about hearing and seeing others and presenting our own um, point of view, right? Whether it's Zionist um, or just as a, as a Jew, right? Who very strongly feels connected to their Jewishness um, that elevates that conversation, right? By showing up as ourselves. And I think, again, going back to the comfort piece, right? Different students are going to show up in different ways at different points in their lives and college experience. Um, you know, that, um, I'm thinking there's a there's a quote and I forget who who says this right that that there are not really any good teachers right teachers are a positive pole and students are a negative pole um, and the better the students the better the teachers right the 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 stronger the pole in a negative direction not not negative bad right but in a negative you know electrical sense uh, or magnetic sense like the stronger the positive pole in a teacher and I think that you know the it's really for each and every Jewish student to wrestle with um, what it means to be Jewish, and rather than allowing anti-Semitism, which is, again, very, very bad. I don't want to sound like I'm coming across soft on anti-Semitism, right? Um, but rather than allowing that to be the defining feature of a college experience, to rather form a positive relationship with Judaism, um, and to cultivate your own sense of connection to Israel and Jews, um, and, 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 do it in a, in again in a in a way that's led by yourself and not dictated by others, um, and and hope that in some cases these really challenging conversations that aren't anti-Semitic but maybe just make us, you know, feel a little bit different, like leaving home for the first time, um, that it'll actually cause us to grow, right? Like there's something about testing faith that that that's really significant, right? If you just know it, if you've never had a challenging moment, if you've never left home, it's not really, it's not really faith. Um, and so I'm not saying that, again, we want to experience anti-Semitism so that we can grow stronger in our faith, but I think that those challenging moments um, can really be um, strengthening um, for, for many students on campus. I love that. Um, you, and, and it reminds me of, of something my teacher, Rabbi Sharon Brown says that, um, that, that faith isn't the absence of doubt, 
Uh, faith is the recognition of, of your doubt. Faith requires the presence of doubt. Um, I love that. So one of the things that I, I think is present in this text um, is, you know, Jacob is fearful. He's, he's uncertain about what the future holds. And, and uh, as God speaks to him, God offers him a, a message of, of, of reassurance, of, of comfort and, and solidarity and support. And I'm wondering, I mean, this is a really challenging time for, for everybody, but in particular, you know, uh, uh, kids who are going off to college for the first time, they're whole college experience is going to be uh, um, colored, if not clouded, by the pandemic. And so I'm wondering what uh, advice um, you're giving them uh, that, that maybe also can be advice that, uh, that, that we can hold as well um, as we navigate these times. Yeah, I think it's a really hard one. And, I, and, and the advice changes based on the student and, and exactly what they're going through, right? While we're all in this together, we each experience this in, in very different ways. Um, and maybe, you know, you mentioned this earlier about the descent for the sake of ascent, right? I think that there's something really powerful about this moment um, that's laid bare. A lot of the things that maybe we've taken for granted or, or things that um, students, myself, I'll speak for myself, right? Like maybe didn't even notice before, right? A about our societies, about the way that our schools are set up, um, about the way that we care for others, right? About the systems that we have in place to ensure that those who are often overlooked um, or not heard are seen and validated, right? And taken care of. And so I think one of the things that I've been encouraging students um, to do is one, just to take a moment and be grateful, right? Um, there, there's this really wonderful thing that we do every morning and we started services today with, right? Which is starting the day with, with an expression of gratitude, right? So maybe encouraging them in some small way to make that a part of, of their practice. And then also to look forward, right? I think, you know, not to skip multiple holidays here, but when we left Egypt, we kind of had a sense of where we were going, but we didn't really know what that experience was going to be like. We just, we just left. And I think that there's something like reassuring about the experience that our ancestors have had in, in every generation, right? Not just leaving Egypt, but we've left Egypt in multiple ways throughout the centuries. Um, and so like how powerful that we now to be very like glass half full here, um, right? To, and, and optimistic, like how powerful that we get to experience this moment of Exodus together um, and in, in a mixed multitude, just like the Israelites um, and can form our own better world and, and, and Israel, right? Uh, in this day uh, and create a promised land um, maybe in, in time rather than in, in a particular space. Uh, that's that's so that's so wise and uh you know reminds me of you know what uh and going back to you know jacob uh god telling jacob that uh, i'm the god of your father abraham not your father isaac right that uh that that god says to abraham uh right go and i'll tell you where you're going later right i'm not going to tell you before you start like the point is to go um, right, the angels are ascending and descending. The point is to is to be moving, and there is learning and uh, and growth and blessing uh, in the moving. And then finally, uh, to, uh, to to cap it off with with the Exodus narrative, uh, Professor Michael Walzer says, you know, the Exodus is so ubiquitous in, in our culture because it really tells 
you tells us all um, three things. One is um, that wherever you are, it's probably Egypt, uh, that there is a better place, a promised land. And the only way to get from Egypt to the promised land is by joining hands and walking together. Um, so Josh, I'm so grateful that you joined us this Shabbat and, and uh, helped illuminate the parasha and, and gave so much of your wisdom. It was just so great to see you and so great to have you. The pandemic beard is just chef's kiss. Um, Thank you. Looking great. Uh, and we'll uh, conclude with a, a blessing uh, for having studied Torah together. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher natan lanu Torah temet, v'chayei olam nata betochenu, baruch atah Adonai, noten ha-Torah. Thanks again, Josh. Uh, and I uh, will look forward to continuing the conversation with you and seeing you soon. This has been Socially Distant, Spiritually Close with Rabbi Michael Knopf. I hope that this episode has helped you find a little faith and hope, enrichment and uplift during this complex and challenging time. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. Please also rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice so that others will have an easier time finding us and joining in the conversation. Socially Distant, Spiritually Close is recorded during virtual gatherings of my congregation, Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Socially Distant, Spiritually Close is produced by Dr. Gillian Frank. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Our cover art was designed by Judith Russian, using a photograph by Miriam Aniel. I have been your host, Rabbi Michael Knopf. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.